Um, I'm turning my timer on. And Betsy stole my sermon notes and added a few kidifications. So I'm done. Um, no, so, so we are going to look at, my name's Ethan. Uh, I'm on the preaching team here. Joel, this thing isn't working. I'm going to go long if it's not. Is, no, not today. So and the reason why you don't want that today is there are, from this text, 20 different sermons that you can jump off from. Um, and as I was looking at the text, at first glance, it's pretty straightforward. This happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, done. Go on to chapter 6. Um, and I find that when I, when I read the Bible, a lot of times that's how I end up reading it. I'm going to read this data, these fact sets. Um, this is what happened back then. This is how people responded. Good, move on, feel good about myself because I did my reading for the day um, or the week, whatever it may be. Um, and because that's my uh, kind of my way of thinking um, and having talked to the number of other people, I know that I'm not unique to that. Um, the Bible is pretty stale. I'm just going to say that out loud and you can be offended. Uh, but if you just read it to read it, and you don't take the time to get into the actual text and in, into the actual story and into the emotions and into the the scene. It's just words on a page. Um, and if you've grown up in the church, raise your hand if you grew up going to church. All right. If you've grown up going to church, I'm going to tell you it's worse. I grew up going to church. I can quote you a whole bunch of scripture, and it's like surface. It's just data. It's not even data. It's like numbers and numbers and letters that don't really add up to much, except if I'm stuck, then I can recall those numbers and letters and apply them appropriately. But that's not, I think, I, I don't think that's why God gave us the Bible. I don't think that's why he gave us the spirit so we could just have a great data set. Um, and thinking this through, if I pass out, it's probably because my mask is too tight. So I'm going to do this so I don't pass out. Uh, I won't pass out. I'm all right. Um, I, you all like movies, Netflix, we're all kind of like eight months into binge watching things. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to take on the mindset of a director or a, can you dial that down a little bit? I'm still getting a ring, uh, a director or a playwright. Um, and we're going to go through the second chat, second part of Acts five with that mindset. Um, we're going to end with, or we're going to start with the prologue. So sometimes when you watch Netflix, they'll give you a little snippet. If you missed the whole last episode, here's what happened last week on whatever. Um, I think that's more of an old school thing. Um, but it, occasionally it will happen. They'll show you the last few minutes to kind of refresh your memory, to give you a jumping off point. And I'm going to read the last two sentences of the passage Joel read. And I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit because that was Joel's sermon. Um, here we go. It says, Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Cut. End of scene. Right? It's data. 
okay, something happened, someone's dead, some people carried her out, there's fear. And then you can just go on to the next chapter. But I want you to think about if you're if you're directing this little prologue, what's the sound? What do you have? What what's actually happening when you're watching this on your on your screen? What's the sound? What's the what's the um what's the not the playlist, what's the word I'm looking for? The score behind this. Um it's probably a lot of minor keys, a lot of dissonance. Um it doesn't really give you a settled feeling. Um, the other thought is like, what's the lighting? Is it this happened, then this happened, then this happened? No, it's going to be a dark scene. I was talking to Finn about this earlier. Um, it might be raining. It could be kind of one of those gray winter days where just things die. And like the, the director in this scene is giving you the idea that like something really foreboding and bad happened, not just data not just these facts about the early church. And the end of it is this um, great fear sees the whole church. So the feeling, I think you'd come away from just watching that those two sentences on a screen would give you a couple thoughts. Like, first of all, who is this God that just kills people? What is, what is he about? This isn't who we think of as God. Um, if we, Remember the previous few episodes of the show, it's, uh, there's lots of healing and sharing and community and awe and this, this new, new freedom, this new life that's outside of, um, outside of religious structure. Uh, it feels different. It sounds different. Um, so you're, you're, you've watched those episodes, and now you get to this really dark episode. Now you're, you're stuck. But now it's a new episode. So we're going to go to the new scene. Um, and we're, the, the scene is, and I'm going to try to go fast because I've got 14 more minutes. Um, I want you to picture if, if we were to set a camera down here on the ground and we were to film out, out that way, just the tiles. And then as we move the camera back, as we shift focus back, you get first the cameras, then you get some of the wall, then you get maybe the tops of Joel's head, maybe the top of that. And eventually you'd see this whole room. So I want you to have that in mind. And there's this, there's this temple. This is where this all happened at the temple. It's 12 acres around. Um, it's enormous. Um, we live in Wyndham, the country. We have an acre and a half. It seems enormous sometimes. sometimes. It's 12 acres and it's bordered by these, um, not our house, the temple, is bordered by these massive pillared hallways or corridors. And the pillars, my guess is they're like this. If you've ever been to Faneuil Hall in uh, Boston, um, there's these massive pillars in the front of Faneuil Hall or I was thinking about the, um, the um, city hall, like this massive stone structure and it's austere and it's grand, and this is where this is happening. So what I want you to picture is a day like today, you've got your camera set up in the middle of the temple, maybe over towards what we'll, we'll call Solomon's porch, this thing called the colonnade, which is where this scene takes place. And we're going to pan back. You get a perfectly crisp blue sky, absolutely perfect. And you're pulling back your camera. And so you see now you see the tops of the colonnade. Now you see the tops of the pillars. And as you come in, and the camera comes down. We haven't had sound yet, but as it pulls back, you see a whole lot of people. And they're, they're, you can tell just by what they're wearing. There's rich people, there's poor people, there's cultured people, there's uncultured people. 
There's all these different people, and most of them are congregated under this, this huge canopy in between these massive pillars. So as the camera pulls back, then the sound comes up. And there's like this buzz of um, this expectancy, and it's early-ish, so it's kind of like the, the coffee buzz meet, meeting with like the, the buzz of um, expectancy, like something big is happening here. It's like uh, we don't gather in big events anymore, but if you've ever been to um, waited in line to go to like a World Series game, or if you've ever waited in line uh, to hear a big speaker, or you go, you're going to a concert and you've got this big mass of people moving into the concert, there's kind of this hum and everyone's kind of excited and like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I, I love, I don't know, I was going to say like some cheesy band, but I can't think of any offhand. But anyway, you have that buzz feeling. So that's what you have. So you have this scene. Now you have the sound. And I want you to think about that sound because now we're going to switch to another camera. You have, you have the scene. You have people on the inside, outside. The next camera is looking right down the middle in between the pillars. So let's say they're 20 feet apart. Actually, I think they were about 40 feet apart, give or take. And your camera is you're sitting up in your director's chair looking at the screen and you've got a shot of four or five guys let's say four for the sake of our movie and they're obviously more engaged they're that's they're like the focal point a lot of people are looking at them and they're talking and you can't quite hear what they're saying but it's a good vibe like these guys have this peace about them it's not this um a lot of times when you look at like the, the renaissance paintings of the early church everyone has this like beatific look like everything's wonderful um or just this like perfect saccharine happy face that's not what they have that's not how i picture it anyway they have this um maybe it's because i'm from new england but they have this kind of like confidence like this is good we're free we're we're good we don't have a whole lot of stress we're happy that you're here we're happy to see you all and in front of them and around them are just hordes and hordes of those people. So we move from outside the, outside the colonnade into it. And they start walking up through the middle. And they're chatting back and forth and saying hi to different people. And as they're walking through, you can see that the sun is coming in through the, the pillars. And so there's like shadow, gap, shadow, gap, shadow, gap as they come to each of these pillars. And as they get to the gap where the sunlight comes through, you see their shadows. And people are, are taking their, their loved ones who might be sick or might, have, might be in a tough spot financially. And they're kind of like jostling them to the front. So the shadow, the shadow of these guys in the middle comes over them. And there, there's a scene that I, I pictured. Um, this, is, this is not in the text. This is my movie and I'm directing it. Um, but the scene is there's a husband and wife and they have a, they have an infant daughter and they kind of jostle to the front and they get into one of those gaps where the sun is beaming through. And one of the uh, apostles, as he comes through, he just casually puts his hand on them and he's talking. And what you see is as they walk, the camera has them and then it has this, this scene happening on the side. You see life come back into this infant's face and you see color, this, this, pale ashen face gets a little bit of color in it and you see the father over on the side like he doesn't want to cry he's a tough guy so he's just choking back tears and he's just devastated but the wife is just clutching on to this baby and she is crying and she is laughing and this baby starts to cry 
And then what I want you to picture is that's one little scene. It says the whole, all of the people, all of the people who were bringing their sick people, all of them were healed. So I want you to really think about the sound from like expect, expectant buzz, the roar, the, the, the excitement, the, the weeping, the, the laughing. <laughs> like, oh, I, I seriously cannot believe that this just happened. Our neighbors told us if we brought so-and-so here because they were sick, these guys could heal them. And I totally didn't think it was going to happen. And they healed our child. Or they, I, I haven't been able to walk straight since I broke my leg seven years ago. I can walk straight. I, I never would have believed this. So when we just blow through a passage, we miss this. This is what's happening in this story. So I, I want you to, uh, we're going to cut that scene. The camera goes dark. The next scene, it's, it's dark. Uh, there's candlelight flickering on the walls. We get the spooky music going. We've got minor chords. And you've got an angry group of men, and they're cloaked, and they're frustrated, and they are, uh, they're out to get someone. They're threatened. And I don't know if you've ever been, up, been with someone who is in power, and they're threatened. It's not pleasant. Um, they, uh, you, you've got this voice, this like high-pitched, angry, scared voice saying, you've got to deal with these people more harshly. Okay, you've got to lay it on. I was sure if we killed that Nazarene, if we killed that guy, we would have been done with this nonsense. It would have all been over. And you know what he claimed. And you know what that means to those idiots out there. They would do anything for that guy. So you've got to nip this in the bud right now. Step it up. Do whatever it takes. I've already had them arrested. But you really got to work on this. So then the camera shifts. Okay, it goes to the window. It's dark outside. And when the camera comes back up, it's even darker. But you can have, you have some silhouettes. Um, and you have some silhouettes of some uh, humans, bodies. And they're against the wall. And you can hear some chains rustling. And then you see another silhouette kind of come into the screen. There's a, a, a row of bars. And you hear some clinking. And all of a sudden, the door opens. And then you hear the chains kind of get released. And this mom, like, what's, what's going on? Like, what the heck is this all about? And the camera follows these five men now out of the room, out of, the, out of what is the jail, past the guards who are standing there completely oblivious, but obviously paying attention, down the street to where this figure, this extra figure in the story says, I want, I want to tell you something. Head back to the temple right now. It's getting light out. I want you to, as it gets light and as all the people show up to the temple, I want you guys to keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. You keep telling people about the life that you have in you that they need in them. End of scene. The next scene is, um, and we're going to have to blow through this one. The next scene is is kind of, uh, Betsy touched on it. Uh, you've got this um, kind of a Senate room, a Senate chamber. You have the high priest. You have all of the religious elite in this room. And the high priest is about to give his proclamation. You know what? I think we got it. We killed the Nazarene. We killed Jesus. I've got their guys in prison. Yeah, they've done some healings, but I think we'll, we'll dial this in right now. We'll dial it back because we have their people in prison. Go get them. And he summons the guards out. 
And as the, the screen is like, or as the camera's panning around and the different senators are like picking grapes off of things or doing, adjusting their togas, whatever it is that senators do in that time, um, they, there's kind of a murmur, like this is business as usual. Yeah, it's an upstart. We've had them before. We'll, we'll take, like basically cut that head off and the rest of the people will just dissipate out. Um, but then on the side of the screen, like this is happening, but you see some commotion over on the left-hand side. So the camera moves around and you see the guards coming back and they don't have a look of like, first of all, they don't have any prisoners with them. And secondly, they don't look very confident about why they don't have any prisoners with them. So they come back in and they call the chief priest and a few of the other um, head, head muckety mucks over and they're like, um, they're, they're gone. There's no prisoners. And you already know the story. But I want you to really sense that the tension in that room when the people who we've, we've just cut the head off the snake, allegedly, we're going to handle this once and for all. We have their men in prison, bring them here so we can deal with them. And they're not there. And the camera, I want you to picture the camera zooming up close on the high priest and he's sweating and he's starting to maybe touch his face a little more than is normal. Those are his tells and he's kind of wringing his hands and he's, he's pretty wound up. And one of the senators in the back of the room is kind of like nervously laughing. He's like, yeah, well, hey, maybe they, maybe they decided it was too much, say too much heat. We'll get out of the kitchen. They, they took off. And then someone else comes in the room and he's like, uh, the guys that you arrested yesterday, they're, they're back preaching right now. Right now they're back preaching. And you can see that whole room lose it because their entire structure of power and control and safety and status just went out the window. This is something that they cannot beat. And they, they, they're going to continue to try. The rest of the book of Acts is about how they try to continue to de- try, try to defeat it. Um, and the fact that we're all sitting here right now says that they, they couldn't. And they couldn't for a couple of reasons. Um, and again, there's a lot of sermons baked into this little chapter. Um, but they couldn't because the, the life force was not the people. The life force was not, well, Dan, you're just a good guy and you, you're just a great group of young people and you just got the fire in your belly to go and make the world a better place. No, because if it was up to that, it, we would not be here talking about Jesus. We wouldn't be talking about the Holy Spirit. This, the force that was there has carried us to where we are today. So I want to, um, I've got a minute and a half. Um, try to like get right down to what do we do with this, right? Um, and I think about what was the driving force behind the behind the apostles, behind all these people. Um, why could they boldly and without a care seemingly stand up to these people, to the to the religious elite, to the power structure? And there were there were a couple of things that came out. Is one these these men had seen. Jesus go back to heaven. They were there at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit entered them. And that was more true and more meaningful and more weighty than anything else 
You can beat me. You can take everything I own. You can kill me. You can kill my people. It doesn't matter. What I've witnessed transcends all of that. So for us today, and I don't have a tidy conclusion, I'd love to say, here's the three rules to go out and change your life. Um, I, I think right now, if you're in this room and you have a smartphone, it is incredibly, and I have one, uh, it's incredibly difficult to focus on anything, never mind a man who died and rose again 2,000 years ago. It's so difficult to focus on anything for any length of time. And I think it's a practice um, that we have to build. So back to the playwright thing, and I've, I'm going to go over by two minutes. I'm sorry. I want you to go back to that playwright or that director thing. And I want you to, you have your camera, but this time you're going to turn the camera around. Like I've got the Zoom camera pointing at me. I want you to turn the camera around and I want it to look in, I want you to look inside. And I want you to see all of the other things that you think about and all of the other matters that you give your, your attention to. Um, and in my mind, I'll just give you a quick glance behind my camera. You have masks. Here we have it. You have Trump, Biden, COVID-19, pandemic, job, winter, money, marriage, relatives, the holidays, projects. We've had a bus last week. Who knows why? All of these different things are banging around inside my head. What happens if, fill in the blank. Well, what about this? How are we going to afford? What about all of those things take up mental space? And is this all there is? Is, is this all we have? If we turn that camera inside, is all we have, are, is those things, or, or is there more? And for many, I would say, yeah, that is all there is. And if that's you, and you don't have anything else it, uh, to, to move your focus to, um, this, I, I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage us that do have something to move our focus to, to really look at this man, Jesus, that these early church people had to look at. And that's the thing. They found that he was weightier, heavier, more reliable than all of those other things that bang around inside their head. Um, so in closing, I really want us to take the disciples and this idea, or the, the apostles, I'm sorry, and the confidence they had in Jesus. I want you to think about that as it relates to us and our culture. I want us to not skip over parts of the, of, of the Bible because we know what they say and we, we can kind of just like, yeah, we got it. I want you to think about the stories that are there and I want to think about how they impact your story. Um, lastly, I, I, I just had this thing. It's a, you have the camera, right? You're, you're in control of that camera. You're the director. And what will the next scene in mine in your lives look like? The same Jesus who asked Peter, one of the key characters in the story to follow me is the same one who's telling you to follow him and acts is the story of people who fix their focus and their lens on Jesus more than the other things. Where do you want to set your focus?